0: The Life Amplified podcast is brought to you by the Beyond the 9 to 5 online workshop. Coming up Saturday, May 22nd, I will personally be working with you to build a powerful blueprint for an exciting, meaningful, and profitable second act. Why am I doing this? Well, according to Microsoft, 40% of the global workforce is ready to make a career pivot, and LinkedIn says 50% of job seekers are re-entering from the pandemic, ...with a plan to go freelance or start their own business. This is why the Beyond the 9 to 5 workshop will change your life. You're going to leave with a blueprint and plan to create success on your terms. During our time together, you and I will build a holistic plan to help you thrive at work and at home. I'll help you illuminate your gifts so you can get off the corporate hamster wheel... ...and get paid for your talents, creativity, and wisdom while you work when you want and where you want. I'll also share a powerful framework to generate immediate cash flow, whether it be as a freelancer or as the CEO of your own business. And I'm going to help you identify and overcome the subconscious success blocks that have kept you stuck in procrastination in the past, but will help you move forward and thrive in the future. Hey, friend, by the way, this is not some MLM pyramid scheme. This is an afternoon where you and I can build your next level on your terms, doing work that is meaningful to you, the people you're meant to serve, and your bank account. Early bird tickets are only $99. You can reserve yours and get full information at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. I'll see you Saturday, May 22nd at the Beyond the 9 to 5 online workshop. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank accounts. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. Over the last year on the Life Amplified podcast, I've spotlighted many of my clients who have flourished. They're thriving in all aspects of their life in the pandemic, and we've certainly done some episodes where we've talked about how to manage the mental health challenges that have come up for so many people. We know that depression and anxiety has tripled over the last 12 months of the shutdown, But one of the things that hasn't been discussed until recently are the people who are living in the messy middle. They're not necessarily crushing it and using the lockdown to reinvent their life. And they're not necessarily depressed. And psychologist Adam Grant wrote a brilliant op-ed in the New York Times about this recently. And he insists that the dominant emotion that so many people are feeling in 2021 has been a state of languishing. According to Grant, these are the people that are showing up for life, but they're living without purpose or aim. And the thing is, languishing can be overlooked a lot. It's not overt depression. It's not being in a state of sadness or suicidal ideation. But there is definitely an absence of feeling good about your life. When we are deficient in a sense of meaning, purpose, or belonging what happens? We just end up in this state of emptiness. We're floating along. I mean, I can certainly relate to the concept that they talk about in this article. I think that that was really the last four years of my corporate career, that time in between getting divorced and really figuring out my path in life from about 2012 to 2015. I was always the hanging in there guy. Perhaps you can relate. People come up, they'd be like, hey, Dan, how you feeling? And I'd be like, eh, you know, I'm hanging in there. I didn't want to trouble people with any of my problems. And my problems weren't so severe in my life that I couldn't deal with it on my own or with the help of a therapist. But at the same point, I wasn't showing up passionate and excited and waking up, rolling out of bed with energy, ready to share all my zest for life with the people around me. And in some places, living in a state of languishing is possibly the worst place that you could really be. If you are depressed, if you're in suicidal ideation, if you hit a rock bottom, for many people, that can be a wake-up call. Life is forcing you to make a change. But if you're getting by and things are just good enough to put one foot in front of the other, you don't really have that internal leverage to make a big change in your life. The French have had a term for this forever. The existentialist in France called it ennui, which is a feeling of weariness or dissatisfaction. You could also say it's a state of feeling really nothing, of just, you know, going through the motions like the walking dead. Now, why is this such a dangerous place? Well, if you've been a long-time listener to the podcast, We've done many episodes on what is purpose, how do you find your purpose, but at the end of the day, purpose is tied to your emotions. It's about the emotions you're generating within yourself and then you are giving to other people through your service. So a lot of times we think, you know, uh, purpose is the target that we're going for, to be abundant, to help others, but the external targets are driven by an emotional payoff. There's something that we want to feel when we reach our goals. And when you're in the state of languishing, if you're feeling nothing, you're cut off from the very life force that is going to help you go out and live your purpose. Where there's no emotion, there's no purpose. And I'll let you in on some info I was just teaching about in my Amplified Monthly membership uh, in our call for May, because we were talking a lot about this idea of thriving and raising our vibration, right? It's a term that you hear a lot in self-development. But what we're saying is, is when you feel good, you become an energetic magnet through the law of attraction to generate more good things in your life. Now, there is a man by the name of David Hawkins. He's a scientist who created this thing called the map of consciousness. And what he realized through his work is that emotions carry different frequencies that they can measure in hertz. When we are in different emotional states, our body is vibrating like the atoms in our, bo- in our body are vibrating in such a way that it could be measured. So like the highest vibrational state, according to the work of David Hawkins, and you can Google this, it's actually enlightenment. When you are in a state of enlightenment you're vibrating at 700 hertz. Now, you know, not everybody gets there. I suppose if you're the Buddha, or if you were Jesus Christ, or maybe the Dalai Lama, you're vibrating at that level. But there's all sorts of other really high vibrational emotions. Peace, for instance, carries a vibrational frequency of about 600. Being in a state of joy is 540 hertz. Love, for instance, is 500. But we can work our way down into the low vibration emotions. You know, once you are in a state of anger, you're at about 150 hertz. Fear checks in at about 100 hertz. Now, here's what's interesting. You want to know what's actually worse than fear, anger and grief? What is a lower vibrational frequency? Apathy. Apathy is the third lowest measurable emotional frequency. It checks in at 50 hertz. Now there is another doctor whose name eludes me while I'm recording this podcast, but uh I will we'll research this and we'll get it up on my social media for you, who is determined that when your body vibrationally starts to check in below 58 hertz, that becomes an environment where disease manifests in your body. So the three emotions uh, that are all checking in below 58 hertz, apathy, guilt, and shame, those are the most toxic emotions. Now, that was a huge aha moment in my group coaching call uh, because so many people said that when they're in conflict in their relationship or dealing with a difficult parent, they resort to this state of, ah, fuck it, not going to deal with it. I just don't care. They slip into this state of apathy and they think that they're taking a spiritual path or that they're doing the right thing, when in actuality, that's worse than being in a place of anger or fear. So, you know, this is why this idea of languishing, A, I mean, we can understand why it's so prevalent, but we can also start to understand why it is such a roadblock to being able to move forward and thrive in your life as we come out of this lockdown and we all reenter society. One other note that came out of this New York Times op-ed in the research about languishing is while we think that you know we're we're noble and that we're just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and getting through life, what the scientists have found over the last year is that languishing can actually lead to a high risk of developing depression or PTSD a year later. So as they started to look at the way people were dealing uh, with the lockdown in June of last year, the people who were identified as being in a state of languishing a year later are all showing signs now of post-traumatic stress disorder. So what is the opposite of languishing? How do we begin to identify if, if just getting by is not what we want, where do we point the compass? Well, there is ample research on this, and the state that we're really going for is what scientists would say is flourishing. Tyler Vanderweel is an epidemiology and biostatistics professor at Harvard, but he's also the director of their program, called human flourishing. So according to him, he says flourishing is just living the good life, right? We, it, we're thinking about being in a state where all aspects of your life are good. It's an all-encompassing notion. You know, so often I think that it, we operate under this mentality that you know, that we have to give up to get, you know, in order to thrive in my career. Well, I got to put my relationships and dating on hold. One of the big blocks that comes up with a lot of my clients that I've coached over the past year is this belief, well, if I'm going to be a parent and have kids, I'll never truly be able to build wealth, you know, because it's like, oh, kids are expensive. And now I got to, you know, uh, put these little freaks through college and I'm never going to be able to build abundance for myself. So there's so many areas of our life where, you know, depending on your model of reality, it's almost like you feel like you have to rob Peter to pay Paul. That, well, I have to give up my physical health to be a present parent. Or if I'm going to be a present parent, that means I don't have time for my spouse. If I'm making time for my spouse, well, then I can't put in the work required in the office None of these things are true. You can create an environment where you can thrive in all areas. And the good news is, as we look at the research on how do you flourish, what we know is that it's very much in your control. It's in your sphere of influence. Now, perhaps as you hear me say that, that is hard for you to imagine. You know, as so many people operate in that victim consciousness of thinking that they can only react to life, right? That their, their emotional states can only be elevated. They can flourish if good things are happening to them. If people are reacting to them or treating them a certain way or if they're generating a certain level of income, we tend to look at all the external factors in our life and think that if all those things line up, then we can flourish – which is a truly powerless place to live, you know, you, you might be able to manipulate the outside circumstances and the people of your life uh, for a period of time, but you're never really going to have control over them in the long term. So we want to start to look at what are the internal factors that will help you flourish. And as you're stepping into taking this action, you automatically are in an elevated emotional state. You are raising your vibration, which from a manifestation standpoint means that you're gonna attract more cool shit in your life that's gonna make you feel great. So what I'd like to do with our time together this week is to give you four simple techniques that you can implement into your life, four things that you could work toward today that are gonna help you move from a state of languishing to a state of flourishing. These aren't necessarily going to be uh, uh, groundbreaking pieces of information, but you have to reflect and ask yourself, yeah, I've heard these before. It makes sense. Common sense wise, I get it. But have I actually made it common practice? So often in my coaching, one of the things is, is like uh, I'll coach somebody and we'll work through an issue. And they'll be like, well, Dan, how do I fix this? And I'll give them like the practical strategies that will help them move forward. And then they're like, "Mm, I don't know, Dan, what else you got? (laughs) Everybody's looking for the quick fix. We all want to think that there's a mantra or a YouTube meditation that we can listen to in the background that's going to change everything. But really, until you've achieved the results that you want, all there is, is the work. And the first place that you should really consider if you want to move into a state of flourishing, is you have to find a sense of purpose in your life. Now, Corey Keyes is a professor of sociology at Emory University. And I saw this quote from him recently, that I kind of got it, but I was like, Oh, that makes sense. He says, feeling good about life is not enough. You know, according to his research, and he's done this with 1000s of case studies. He says there are a lot of adults in America that would meet the qualifications of feeling happy, but they still don't feel a sense of purpose in their life. Now, if you just want to figure out your overall life purpose, that is so easy. I can help you create a purpose statement for your life like that. Reach out to me. Get in one of my coaching programs. We'll get you 100% crystal clear, but... But it is important for me to point out that, you know, this idea of purpose isn't necessarily about climbing Mount Everest or having some epic experience. Now I talked about that a few episodes back with uh, Dr. Alan Weiss, uh, who was talking about like most of the time, like, you know, we're just trying to check off tasks off a list, but we're not even really present for it. Like if you see the people who've climbed the top of Mount Everest or they've done like, you know, whatever the bucket list item is, they're not even really experiencing it. What are they doing? They're snapping pictures and looking at it through their iPhone anyway. So rather than looking at it, it's just more things I have to do to make my life look great or to feel enough just start to think about what do I look forward to each day? What gives my life meaning? You know, there's a lot of research that says flourishing happens easily when we're engaged in daily routines, like just working on a new skill, when we're creating, when we're generating these small moments of mastery, connection, and meaning. So can you start to look for a sense of purpose in the things that seem simple in your life? If you're having difficulties in your relationship after 12 months in the pandemic, you know, we've seen the studies, right, that there are many women who feel like they haven't had the support that they need from their partner. And meanwhile, men are like, I'm crushing it, right? There's that disconnect. The purpose of your life right now could very well just be to learn how to communicate your needs in a way that's understood, that is clear, that helps your relationship flourish, That could be the purpose of your life in this moment. If you're a person like I am, who really over the past 12 months realized that you're not an introvert the way that you thought that you were, and you really value human connection, the purpose of your life could be getting more involved socially, engaging with the world, making higher quality friendships with the people who value what you value. Yes, You know, you can have an overarching purpose that turns into your life's work, a cause, a job, a business that you monetize, but you can look for purpose in the everyday. So tip number one to move from languishing to flourishing is find a sense of purpose for your life. The second thing that kind of dovetails with this alternate view of purpose that I just shared is to try something new. There's so much research that says it's important for our overall well-being to be interested in life, to have a sense of satisfaction or happiness, right? Sometimes if we're just learning a new skill and then we teach it to somebody else, that can lead to fulfillment. Over the last year, I've tried this in areas of my life where it's been really exciting and fulfilling, and and I've tried it in ways where I feel straight on my damn face. Uh, You know, my version of of baking sourdough bread at the beginning of the pandemic was to buy a guitar. And I was going to try to learn this musical instrument. Thought it might help me with the ladies a little bit if I just turned into, you know, the new John Mayer. (laughs) That did not work out so well for me, partly because I didn't realize... Uh, that there is such a thing as left-handed and right-handed guitars. I happened to be left-handed and bought a right-handed guitar, which made the learning curve like 100 times steeper. I was trying to learn the guitar backwards. Also, I was taking lessons, but over Zoom. So it was stupid and awkward, like trying to align the camera where the guy could like, where the teacher could see my fingers moving up and down the frets, but then having to readjust the camera when we were having a conversation. It was just a tedious process. I didn't enjoy it. You know, I gave it a good six months, and then I realized uh, you know, that becoming the next Eddie Van Halen was not my journey in life. But one of the skills that I've invested in learning is more about public relations and learning how to amplify my message, for lack of a better term, Through getting on more television and not just, you know, putting out the podcast or, you know, doing Instagram or Facebook lives, but being able to get on the Tamron Hall show nationwide and doing TV interviews on CBS, Fox, ABC, Uh, having my interviews replayed on the Oprah Winfrey Network this year. That's been super exciting To learn that process. And it's a new skill. And what I've been able to do with some of my clients who have a message to share is pass along bits of knowledge that I'm learning on how do you leverage the media to grow your influence and to grow your ability to live your purpose. Now, I don't know what trying something new looks like in your life. Maybe you wanna learn a new language, maybe you wanna join a book club. It's cool, right? You figure that out for yourself, whatever feels most aligned for you. But one of the things that I noticed from the doctor at Emory University is he pointed out that the pandemic was a challenge for so many people because we haven't been able to pursue so many of our previous interests. You know, being locked in and shut in in the house kept a lot of people from getting out. But you know what's interesting is even before the lockdown, We built lives that prevented us from pursuing our interest. How many times have you wanted to write a book, a screenplay, maybe learn martial arts or whatever that thing is that you think would be really dope? And you're like, oh, I can't. I'm so busy with my kids or I'm so busy with work. So then we lost the ability altogether to even have the conversation for the better part of a year. So what a tremendous opportunity to make that growth and this sense of experimentation and play a non-negotiable for your life. I mean, look, I got many clients who've signed up for coaching programs with me or joined my Amplified Monthly membership. That, for them, that, that was a way that they could learn more about themselves and do something that helps them grow instead of stay stagnant. But that is the second tip, right? If we're looking at the first two steps, to move from languishing to flourishing. Number one, find purpose in your everyday life. Number two, get out there and try something new. Hey, don't forget, if you are serious about building a purposeful second act for your life, if you want to reemerge into the world after this lockdown is a better, more lit up, vibrant version of you, the Beyond the 9 to 5 online workshop is going down Saturday, May 22nd. This is not just going to be some boring Zoom call. This is a live interactive training where I will personally help you build your blueprint for the next act of your life so you can cut ties with corporates, take charge of your income, and take back your life. A lot of people over the last 12 months, we've talked about it. You have reassessed your life. And one of the big breakthroughs that's come out in the research is people feel like their companies, their bosses are out of touch and don't really get them. And if you look at the studies that are out there, uh, there was a survey of company leaders and CEOs, 61% of them we're doing the flourishing that we're talking about over the course of the pandemic, and that was 27 points higher than their employees. Why is that? Most of the workers in that survey said that their company was expecting too much of them over the past 12 months, so wouldn't it be great to create a next career chapter on your terms where you work where you want and when you want Because a return to work doesn't have to be a return to the hustle and grind. In the Beyond the 9 to 5 workshop, we are going to spend an entire session illuminating your gifts, not just the skill sets that have helped you survive corporate, but tap in to your real talents, your wisdom. The thing that you're meant to express to the world that's going to help you improve the lives of others and get paid to do it. Plus, I'll give you a framework to generate immediate cash flow. I'll teach you how I built a multiple six-figure at-home business with a relatively small number of clients. It's just some of what's on the agenda. Saturday, May 22nd, you can get all the info, all the itinerary by going to creativesoulcoaching.net, early bird tickets Available right now for $99 for a full afternoon of inspiration and transformation. Go to net for the info. So let's talk about the third step that's going to help you move into a state of flourishing. Let's talk about acts of kindness. But we're going to talk about this in a way that we never really have before on the podcast. Now, you know, one of the things that I've always stressed is that Our bodies are biologically designed to do the right thing. One of the great things about being in service and committing a random act of kindness is that when we do it, our bodies release a massive amount of dopamine. That is the feel-good chemical that puts us in joy. However, the person on the receiving end of the act of kindness, they also feel great. They're lit up. Their body produces the same amount of dopamine. And wouldn't you know that people who witness an act of kindness get the same level of dopamine hit. So this is why when we see really touching videos about somebody who goes out of their way to help a neighbor or those emotional videos about the dad who comes home and dances with his daughter at her wedding when he's been overseas in the service, those things go viral. Why? Because we feel good when we watch it And we share that with other people so that they can feel good. However, there's a lot of times, you know, uh, that we think that the random act of kindness should be one small thing that we do every day. There's actually a study I came across from 2004 that said when college students spent a day doing five acts of kindness, that could be like donating blood, helping a friend with homework, writing a thank you note to a professor they experienced more significant increases in well-being than the people who spread out the five things over the course of a week. So, you know, what if every Monday in the calendar, it was just your day to do good? Another place where we can really benefit from this, and it's something 12 million Americans took up during the pandemic, is volunteering. You know, they've got a huge sample at Harvard of 13,000 older adults. And people who volunteered at least two hours a week during the study were happier, more optimistic, and felt more purpose in life than the people who didn't volunteer at all. So start to think about where are the places where you could just do something that doesn't take a lot of time and helps other people. Do you have two friends? who would benefit from knowing each other, right? That's a great place to start. You know what is an awesome way to do an act of kindness for a friend? Send them a link to the Life Amplified podcast. (laughs) was a little self-serving, but I do believe that uh, what we're sharing this week can really make a difference for so many people who have been going through the motions. So that is your third step to flourish. It is... The acts of kindness. And the fourth and final tip that I want to share with you this week is to celebrate the small wins. You know, it's so amazing how quickly we overlook and denigrate the small wins that happen in our lives. And here's the spoiler. You know, if you can't celebrate the small steps of progress that you're making on the way to a goal... If you can't feel good about yourself for losing the first three pounds out of the thirty that you want to drop from the pandemic, you're going to get all the way to the full thirty pounds and still go back into that place of self-judgment and self-flagellating. So it, it's so important just to celebrate the small things in life. One of the things we've talked about on this podcast in the in the past. Uh, from the psychological community, is they talk about this idea of savoring. It's about appreciating an event or an activity in the moment, right? And one of the studies that came out in the past decade, again with college students, is they gave them an assignment called mindful photography. So the students were instructed to, t- to take at least five photos of their everyday lives, hanging out with a friend their favorite view, a book that they enjoyed. And they had to do this exercise twice a week over two weeks. And as they reflected on the photos and all the small moments that brought them joy, uh, that was able to help the students focus on the good in their lives. So that's one approach that you can do. The second one is just to really stop and smell the roses for the things in your life that you enjoy You know, when you're sitting down to eat dinner tonight, are you just shoveling the food into your mouth without really noticing the taste? Are you taking the time to chew it and, like, savor the bite of that steak? Or, you know, for my vegan friends, uh, well, whatever the hell it is that vegans eat. I love you vegans. I I tried to go plant-based for a minute. I I don't know how you guys do it. It's been another discovery of mine, like living in California in the pandemic is going on the dating apps and how many women are like, I'm looking for a plant based man. I'm like, "Ooh, you're cute, girl, but I got to swipe right on past you. So uh, but, uh, you know, it luxuriates in that food. If you are running yourself a hot bath, really just close your eyes, put some essential oils in there, enjoy just the smell of it, feel the relaxation and allow yourself to totally be present. Um, You know, another place in my life, one of the great things about living here in Southern California during the lockdown is you can still get out and try to do some exercise, you can go hiking, go to places where you're, you know, not on top of other people and not violating the six foot bubble. But I noticed like, I would be in the middle of a hike with my dog and be so focused on just getting to the top. I wouldn't even stop. And take in like these amazing views that you get when you're at the summit. That's a place in my life. And I can be prone to this too about doing things simply to check it off to feel like I accomplished something rather than being in the moment and taking it in with all my senses, sight, smell, hearing, you know, taste, really engage all your senses and something small that you enjoy. That's another strategy that's going to help you move forward. So to recap, the four steps that are going to help you go from languishing to flourishing in the post-pandemic world, number one, find purpose in your everyday life. Of course, you can work with me. I'll help you get there with your purpose. But you can also just take some of the mundane, smaller tasks in your life and find purpose in that. Step number two, try something new. And if you want some extra credit as you learn a new skill, share it. Teach it with somebody else who would benefit from it. Step number three, to move from languishing to flourishing, five good deeds. And if you can jam them into one day, the research says that actually has longer lasting effects than people who spread it out five times over a week. And finally, the fourth and final step is to celebrate the small things. And what we're talking about is a sense of savoring. Thank you so much for spending this time with me this week. I think that this is a deeply important topic. Languishing might feel like an acceptable way to continue to live your life. You know, a lot of times we try to put things in perspective and we fall into what I call pseudo-gratitude, where we start qualifying our grief in our life. This is exactly what I was talking about last week on the podcast with Archie Messersmith Bunting. You know, we say, Oh, well, you know, at least I didn't lose a relative or I didn't lose my job. And we diminish the places where we're feeling pain in our life. And we think because we haven't suffered at a level of 10, that, you know, it, it that our pain doesn't really matter that there's no place at the table for it. And the problem is, Is you just start going through the motions, uh, that actually does put you at larger risk for depression in the long run. So this is a great time to step back and really just reflect on your life, what's working, what isn't. By the way, this is an exercise we are going to do together. I'm going to take you through the process I use step by step. It might be on the 9 to 5 workshop that's happening on Saturday, May 22nd. You can get all the information on that and get those early bird tickets for $99. Go to my website, creative net. I should also mention, if you can't be there live, there will be access to a recording for everybody who attends. So make sure that you get signed up for that. Plus, it's just going to be so cool to be able to work together one-on-one, to have a conversation and Not just me talking at you through your earbuds right now. So super excited to meet you in person, to serve you, and to help you build a meaningful second act. Plus, if you're looking for a more one-on-one personalized experience of coaching with me uh, to rapidly accelerate your results, all you have to do is go to my website. There's plenty of information there and an application link for all my coaching programs. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Please, if this podcast moves you today, screenshot it, upload it to Instagram, Twitter, share it with the people that you love. And don't forget to give us a follow here on either Apple, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, wherever you're listening at. We'll be back next week with some more information to help you turn down the volume on your negativity and turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.